Okay, so imagine for a moment that a very popular up-and-coming teacher who has become something of a celebrity will be in town and a local official will be hosting a party to honor this teacher. Everybody who is anybody will be there. To your delight, you have made the very exclusive guest list. You have heard a lot about this man and his radical views and are pleased to have the opportunity to decide for yourself what he is really like. You arrive at the party and are so excited you're pinching yourself to make sure you weren't imagining that you were among the invited. You are soaking in the conversation that is breaking out among the guests and the teacher. There's a knock at the door and the host looks surprised as all of the invited guests are accounted for. You can imagine the shock on his face as well as the others in attendance when in walks a scantily clothed woman. She approaches the guest of honor. She spoke no words. Her actions and her silent tears spoke louder than any words ever could. You are sitting there stunned as the whole scene unfolds. Everyone is giving each other strange looks, and the host, as well as the other officials attending the party, are appalled. You feel for the honored guest. How embarrassing. But to your surprise, the guest of honor doesn't push her away. He shows her compassion, grace, and the same love that she showed him. The host and his colleagues are disturbed at the teacher's response. He ought to show some discernment. Does he not know what kind of person she is? A sinner. Luke tells us about a dinner party much like this one. Will you pray with me? Oh God, you know us better than we know ourselves. As the scriptures are read, we will listen for your voice. By your spirit, lead us out of the fears of our own shame and into the knowledge of your unconditional love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Listen now to God's word for us today. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And when he went into the Pharisee's house, he reclined to dine. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair, kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she's a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts of both of them. Now which of them 
will love him more. Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Today's story takes place in the home of Simon the Pharisee, where Jesus has been invited to dine. The scene, much like the modern-day example in the introduction, is a strange one at that. It's socially taboo, and one might say even a bit scandalous. Luke's telling describes an event that would have been based on a Greek symposium. The symposium was a party held in a private home where extended discussion of such topics as philosophy, politics, and issues of the day were followed by a meal. The way these dinners would work is that a respected host would invite several of the socially elite to have dinner and conversation with an important guest. The guest would lay around three sides of a central table in a semi-recumbent position with their legs out behind them. Large homes in the days of Jesus were built with semi-public areas of the house. It was not unusual to see these large homes have areas that were open to courtyards or even to the streets. Likewise, it was not unusual to see outsiders or those who weren't invited to hang out around the fringe of the opening as interested and curious observers. By painting this picture, I believe you can begin to understand how this story unfolded. She didn't exactly come barging in through a closed door like we might have imagined in our mind's eye. This woman was probably among the uninvited, perhaps lining the walls of the courtyard, and as the crowd strained for a glimpse of the honored guest, she silently moves forward quite invisibly to those attending until she kneels beside Jesus behind Jesus. Something happens to this woman whose name we have never learned. Instead of shaking with fear and apprehension, she begins to weep. She tends to Jesus's dusty, dirty feet with her tears, kissing them and anointing them with costly oil. The woman does not use the hem of her dress or her garment 
but in a gesture of deep love, she unfolds her long hair and dries the rabbi Jesus' feet. Hers was spontaneous worship, unguarded, surprising, intimate. While the woman worshiped, the Pharisees condemned. All that we know about this woman is that she is a woman of the city who was a sinner. Although the Bible never explicitly called her a prostitute, that is what was implied. And to the Pharisees, she was unclean, like an infectious disease. Because Jesus not only tolerated the presence of a sinner, but welcomed her devotion, Luke tells us that in his shock, Simon concludes that Jesus could not possibly be an agent of God. Ever the teacher, though, Jesus confronts Simon with a parable of two indebted men. In this parable, both men were unable to pay and both received grace in the form of forgiveness. Their responses to their gracious lender, however, differed by the amount of debt they had. Yet because one had less money to pay back, he didn't feel as grateful. This story invited the listeners at the party to identify themselves in the metaphor. If they identified with the man in deeper debt, they would view the woman with compassion. If they identified with the man with the smaller debt, they would at least feel rebuked. In today's society, guests are routinely greeted from their host with a handshake or a hug by taking their coat for them or offering them a beverage. In Jesus' time, a good host would greet their guests with a kiss and then offer them things that would allow them to freshen up from their travel a bit, like a basin of water to wash their dusty feet or oil for their head. When Jesus says to Simon, look at this woman, he is also forcing him to take a hard look at himself. Jesus simultaneously rebuked Simon for his low-class hosting and approved the detested woman's high-class, lavish treatment. Jesus evened the social playing field, showing the socially scorned woman to be more socially acceptable than the socially privileged Simon. But even more profound than that, Jesus demonstrates the woman's superior spiritual awareness. Where Simon saw a false prophet, the woman recognized God in human flesh. If we take a hard look at our modern-day society, we unfortunately see evidence of exclusion like we see in today's story. We find that shame is quite often an underlying factor in great social misfortunes. Victims of public shame often become such objects of scorn that they are dismissed and pushed to the fringes of society where no one will ever notice them. Those who struggle with shame cannot escape the label of unworthy or undeserving. For them, as well as for us, Jesus offers forgiveness and acceptance that lifts the burden of shame and restores self-worth. But have we fully grasped this amazing grace?
Involvement with the marginalized or those that carry a burden of shame for one reason or another begins with a deep, overpowering grasp of God's grace. When our instinct might be to look the other way or keep our distance, we need to look to Jesus as our perfect example. Jesus ate with them. He wasn't embarrassed by them and certainly didn't care what others thought. He's a friend of sinners, the broken, the needy, people whose lives are a mess, people like me and like you. In the closing scene of the Civil War film, Cold Mountain, a meal is spread under a large tree. Around the table are the assorted characters of the story. There's Ruby, a tough woman from a tough background whose mother died when she was a child and whose father neglected her. She's there with her husband, Georgia, an ex-soldier, and their two children. But present also is her father, who is also back from the war and to whom she's at last been reconciled. There's Sally, who can't speak because she watched profiteering home guardsmen torture and murder her family. And finally, there's Ada, the central character of the movie. At the beginning of the film, she has a brief romance with a young man called Inman, with whom she shares a single kiss before he goes away to join the Confederate Army. At first, she is refined and aloof, but when her father, the local minister, dies, she must adapt to country life through a growing partnership with Ruby, her social opposite. Meanwhile, the film follows Inman's danger-strewn journey home to Ada. They're reunited for one day when they unofficially marry before Inman, too, is murdered. At the meal under the tree, we find one final character around the table. Ada's one night of marriage with Inman has given her a child. Her name is Grace. Broken people have found family and healing through love and grace. It is the same image of love and grace that Luke gives us in today's gospel reading. That is what we are to be, a community of broken people finding family around a meal under the tree, the tree of Calvary. Amen.